0: Us online. Good morning to you too. We are in the letter to the Romans, chapter one. There are two times in the house of God, this one, that we ask you to stop walking around, and that is when someone is praying from up here in the platform, or when the word of God is being read. So if you're walking around and you see everybody stop because someone is praying, and I would, I would like. I would advise those at home also. If when when we stand to read God's word, uh, your undivided attention is given to that. And when we are praying, from whether it's one of the musician leaders or a pastor, just stop for a moment until the prayer is complete. Well, that's um, that's that about that. Romans chapter one. We'll stand and read verses twenty four and twenty five to see if anybody was listening. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. Romans chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Please be seated. That was about 19 seconds. I timed it earlier. The Ugly Planet. That's the title for this morning's message. It goes along with what we started last week with the damage report. How bad is the damage that sin has inflicted on the human race? And, uh, of course, we cannot measure it, but God knows. But we can see a lot of its work. We live in a world, and this has been the case since sin has entered... Uh, a world on fire, determined to impel itself on the sword of God. I mean, it's just the, the, the behavior of some human beings, it's, it's mind-boggling. So, uh, original sin has inflicted much damage on humanity, and this due to the meddling of the devil, depravity, has left man with this ugly planet. When God created the world, and he created the humans, he said it was good, he liked it, but but sin then followed, and now things are not the way they were made to be. This can have a happier ending, Uh, it's up to the individual. This section in Romans showcases the handiwork of Satan of evil. The mastermind behind the evil in the world is the devil. And he always finds those who are willing to be useful to him. Uh, most the most recent satanic incarnation. The incarnation of Satan has been Hamas. And their advocates. It's not just the ones pulling the triggers, it's the ones that are applauding them. They're cheerleaders. Anyway, Uh, unbelief is behind it all. And unbelief is more than a theological subject. It is a reality that damns souls. It picks a fight with God. To the Jews, Isaiah the prophet, addressing unbelief in the people who were called to be the people of God, he says in the 65th chapter, a people who provoke me to anger continually to my face sacrifice in gardens and burn incense on altars of brick. They're picking a fight with God to his face because they don't believe. They don't believe what God has revealed when they have every reason to believe what God has said. Unbelief is the number one tool of the greatest human hater that has ever been, and that is Satan. Many people don't believe in God, and they don't believe in Satan, and Satan just loves it. God does not. Jesus was addressing religious leaders who did whatever the devil wanted them to do. And they would have argued that we're not doing it, but the scripture was against them. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Where does this stuff come from? We well, just pointed it out to us. The wrath of God shows us that the great truth of God's judgment is very real. And we start, well, we didn't start, but Paul, when he started the section on teaching in verse 6 of Romans chapter 1, and then he gets to verse. 18, it says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. There is a such thing as the wrath of God. And there is a such thing as the unbelief of man. A world on fire, determined to impale itself on the sword of God. We Christians are supposed to help people not do that. And it takes more than just learning your Bible. It takes more than just going to church and Having communion and serving in the church, there are many parts to this and each one of them is vital. This is why it is so disappointing to see loony bin Christians who behave outside of Scripture and insist that uh, this is okay. Yeah, well, they're turning off people. Rational people look at irrational behavior regardless of who it's coming from and are repelled by it. So the damage report continues in this section where Paul is going to list the depravity found in those who are provoking God. Now, there are other lists in the New Testament for both those against God, but there are also lists for those who call themselves Christians. Paul will itemize here and there, hey, don't do this because Christians are doing... Why would, after reading the Gospels, why would any Christian have to be told... To forgive. I mean, once you read what Christ has done for you, do you not want to give some of that to others? But yet, uh, you know, it has to be done. The same thing with other sins. Why, Why does Paul have to tell Christians not to lie? Because Christians lie. This is a very real fight we're involved in. But we should have the upper hand. And we do get the upper hand. When you see someone convert and come to Christ and then persevere in the faith, you, there, there's the upper hand. And Satan, he can't stand that. And so he does all he can do to seduce us away from the simple things of our faith. Well, the Bible says this is the real deal, and you better be listening. Now, let's look at the details. Verse And the, God is in these details. Verse 24, Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. What good can God possibly do for the one who insists on opposing him? And yet this is practiced as though it was one of the Ten Commandments. People who are just totally disinterested in God, even opposed him, still expect to somehow be blessed in life. With all the religion in the world, do those in those religions ever question what they believe And demand proofs. I don't think they do. I I think true Christians do. We want to see, this is the reason for my faith. This is why I believe. These things are irrefutable. The prophecies alone. But other religions just sort of take it in. As well, we've been told this and we're going to do this. That brings no honor to God. In Isaiah, the prophet said, come, God speaking through him, come, let us reason. Use the brains I created you to apply, to avail yourselves of. Three times in this little section that we have before us, verses 24 through 32, we are told that God gave up on those who turned on him. Now, when you have a short section like this and you have something repeated, God is, is, is emphatic. He's emphasizing. He's, don't miss this. Here in verse 24, God gave them up to uncleanness. Fine, you want to make your bed, lie in it. And then he's accused. Somehow, miraculously or magically, God is vilified for, for, for treating human beings as though they have a brain. As though they can reason. Emphasizing God's deliberate response to humanity's wicked ways is in that statement. God gave them up. He is not indifferent to stubbornly uh, to the stubborn life, to the stubborn life of sin. So I'm going to read a couple of them because they're all over the Scripture. And as we go through this section, just you'll you'll hear it repeated. Uh, it's, it's baked into the passages that we have before us, but I'm going to go to other sections to reinforce what the Holy Spirit is saying to man. In Psalm 81, God says, But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart, to walk in their own counsels. Then again, Isaiah, So I will choose their delusions, God speaking. And bring their fears on them, because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear, but they did evil before my eyes, and chose that which I do not delight. Then Jeremiah rings in. Hear, O earth, behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but rejected it. These are the things that make the planet ugly. It is an ugly planet because of sin. Then finally, we come to the New Testament, and we have this New Testament dynamo, Stephen, pointing to this Old Testament truth that it was still alive and functioning in New Testament times and to this day. Acts chapter 7. He points back to the days of Moses. He says, they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. Well, this, um, of course, they killed Stephen for saying these things. The very group that Jesus said, you're of your father the devil. They would have none of that. You're not allowed to point out evil. There are those that are offended when I say Hamas is incarnate Satan. Satan. You're not allowed to say that. And, and that is more Satan. That is Satan on top of Satan. And it happens and we need to be mindful of it and not back down from it. Satan wants to choke us out. We don't have to let him do that. God allows people to sin and God allows people to repent. Repent. Don't go laying on God that he's unfair somehow because life is unfair. Life is unfair because it's cursed curse, because man entered into sin. But it's not going to stay that way. The choice is up to the individual. And allowing people to believe what they want to believe somehow makes God wrong. And yet, if he forced them to believe, they'd charge him with that. Jesus said, you know, we came, we sang a dirge for you, and you did not mourn. We sang a a melody for you and you did not dance. We can't win with you people. Well, that doesn't mean that we should be impatient or give up. It just means we should be mindful of uh, the the damage that has been done. He says here in verse 24, in the lust of their hearts. This verse 26 will tell us this is an inordinate lust. This This is not just, boy, I really want something. This is uh, just lust that is out of control. Sin always runs deeper than the flesh. It's illustrated for us in the Levitical laws. The Levites were the ones that were supposed to identify someone that had leprosy and make their decision based on whatever their findings were. There was a whole a protocol put in place, Leviticus 13. And Leviticus 14 is the solution to the leper. But the leprosy also is a metaphor, used as metaphor, for sin, and there in Leviticus 13, it tells us that the leprosy runs deeper than the skin. Yeah, it gets inside. Sin gets deep into our existence and makes fools out of all of us if it will, if we if we allow it. Well, the antidote, of course, is Christ. To it says here to dishonor their bodies among themselves, and so he's beginning to to, to lay out the details. Behind his statements in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies amongst themselves. They're plunging deeper into darkness. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus talks about a man that was delivered from a demon, which the world conveniently thinks does not exist. Listen, there is evil that takes place on this planet you cannot attribute to just bad people. And again, this is the third time I'm referencing them. Uh, but Hamas, you cannot say that's just a bunch of people at war. There's something spiritually vile there going on. And you would have to be blind, drunk, crippled, and crazy all at the same time to miss that. It's super evil. And the person that wants to defend them is just as guilty. Amen. Nobody wants to hear this. Well, you know, Well, some do. By the amens, of course. <laughs> anyway... This man was delivered from a demon. And then Jesus warns through this parable. He says, you better watch out. Being delivered from evil is not enough. He says, the demon is cast out. Then he goes and takes with... Well, the demon is cast out and he looks for a place to dwell. He can't find one in the parable. And so he comes back to the man that he was thrown out. And that's where Jesus continues. He says, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself... And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Okay, that's the point I'm making. That this lust is, they're plunging deeper into darkness. But then Jesus adds this. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. He's saying, behind the parable is a truth that's stronger than the parable. It is a fact. That there's a real hell, and it wants you. It hates you, but it will use you and kill you. First chance to guess. That's what happened to Judas Iscariot. Mercy shown to our own lust is cruelty to ourselves. We, You know, we have to deal with it. Certain things about ourselves, certain, you know, maybe getting bondage to something. We've got to deal with that. But we cannot excuse it. Verse 25. Continuing with about those who... Uh, are given up, God is saying, I'm, I'm, you know, that's it, I'm done with you. You want, you want the evil? Then to have it. So, verse 25 now, Who exchange the truth of God for the lie, and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Well, those opposed to the God of creation swap, oftentimes, uh, especially in Western civilization, Scienceless science. Instead of believing God, we're just going to follow that which is not science, but we're going to call it science. It has no proof, nothing to support it. It's a theory. It's a theory that has been destroyed by science. Yet they continue nonetheless. Proverbs chapter 1, they would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. Paul's going to talk about how full of evil the world can be and the people of it. When Antichrist comes along, he's going to do some lying signs and wonders. And the ones that are going to be foolish enough to believe him are the ones that don't want to believe God. Paul writes about that. He says that he does these lying wonders with unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. I don't know you how many because you've picked up already. If we were to do a you know a, a word um, oh, well I forgot what they call it. it was, you, know, you put all these words in and the dominant words come up to the front. How many of what I've already said this morning has because? There's a reason for these things. Life is not random. So, as I advance again through this study, listen to the warnings that God gives because they are invitations. God's not just saying, Well, I'm warning you, but there's no, you're stuck anyway. He's saying, I'm warning you because the warning is designed to alert you. To change your behavior. And this Satan that hates humanity, he does nonetheless enlist people to saturate the planet with lies. And thus the ugly planet it becomes. Spiritually destabilized, morally diseased. And we hear people complain about it without a solution. We hear a complaint complain about it, but they're part of the problem. Some boast that truth can't be known. Is that true? I mean, think about it. Are you done? <laughs> they say relative to, you know, to one's understanding. Tell that to a victim of a grotesque crime. There are ways that truth demands that you accept it. Pain is one of them. Uh, And there there are many forms of pain. The longer you put off receiving Christ, the easier it becomes to reject Christ. And you might not even know it. You've just gotten good at waiting for the right moment, for the right sermon or whatever else. And in the meantime, there's a very real Satan seducing you, and your heart is hardening, and you don't even know it until it's too late. Why should someone in this country get to hear the gospel preached to them hundreds of times just for them to reject it when you have other people who've never heard the gospel? They don't get a chance to hear the gospel. Truth is a great separator, and we are to bring the truth. Truth will establish friendship with God And falsities will separate from God. And the church is supposed to overcome lies with truth. This is what makes it so damaging when churches behave goofy. We're supposed to be bringing truth. And and some churches are just so preoccupied with trying to get their attendance up. That's not the truth. Unless, you know, certainly you want to see more people come in and listen to the scripture. But not at the cost of watering down the word. 1 Timothy 3.15. The church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Do you know how high of an assignment that is? How much has God entrusted his people with? Church is a big deal. And Satan wants to change that. He says here, and worship and serve the creature. Creature worship violates the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, to get a God in the presence of the true God, you've got to make one up. You have to create one. So you have a created being creating a God, which cannot possibly, by definition, be a God. Part of a thing can't be greater than the thing itself sort of a thing. The foundational ingredient of all paganism and heathenism is false religion, is creature worship, is being focused on man-made things. And these, these, they enslave people, they appeal to their sensuality, and their f- a false sense of spirituality, and, and they damn souls. And so he says here, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Man is smugly jipping himself. Many, those who just, you know, well, I choose to believe that, you know, this random event happened and with all of the sophistication that is involved in life and and creation, I choose to dismiss all that. Well, you're being gypped. You're falling for something. You're being cheated. It's sort of like I sold the family cow for these magic beans. And the magic beans are not magical at all. The fairy tale ends right there. And God tells man uh, to not worship the stars, they're created things. Not to worship animals, the eagles and the bears and all this other stuff. And yet man does not, many don't want to hear it. Deuteronomy 4. I, I would rather this, I would rather what I'm about to read from Deuteronomy than bowing down to an eagle or a deer that, I, that I'm going to eat or something. Deuteronomy 4, and take heed... Well, let me pause. Now, some would say, oh, that's that's just an insult to other people's religion. Yeah. That's right. Because if you're going to believe things that have no basis in truth, then what is the alternative? A compliment? Encouragement? Especially in the face of a God who's saying, I'm going to deal with this. There is a wrath that I'm going to let loose on this kind of behavior. I would be your enemy if I urged you, oh, just keep doing it. That's your folk religion? Oh, how nice. What else do you have? Why well, rather this? God speaking through Moses. Take heed, listen up, lest you lift your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the host of heaven, you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which Yahweh, your God, has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage. I've given these things to you. They're a blessing to you. Not to worship. They didn't make you. They have no power. This stuff creeps into Christians. You find Christians, you know, I'll just pick one. You know, we don't believe in luck. There's no super force of luck, the God of luck out there operating. Uh, we believe that, you know, I mean, within, there are laws of physics. You know, I can drop a penny on the floor and it lands on its edge. That's very rare. But it's physics. It's not magic. Uh, well, anyway. Who is blessed forever? Amen. So here he begins to lay out in his damage report things that are wrong. And then he has this outburst of praise because he knows his God is right and for all people. God is not diminished by man's stupidity. God is worthy of limitless adoration. You cannot over-worship God. You're not going to, boy, I I, I worship him so much, I'm having a toxic reaction. (laughs) I mean, you can be be overly religious. That's not the same thing. Uh, Religion is what you do with what God has done. And your religion can go foul. But if you adhere to what uh, the scriptures teach, because the scriptures teach, do not be overly religious. But that doesn't mean I can worship, I can praise God too much in, in the sense of its value. Yes, if I walked around doing it with, as a so-called mantra, then you've got a problem, but that's not what God wants. In fact, he warns against that. Don't be bringing before me vain repetitions. So... Verse 20, remember, all we Christians, we're dumb. We don't know what we worship. We're just walking around, you know, we, religion is the opiate of the masses. Consider the people who came up with that line. <laughs> well, what is unbelief? If religion is an opiate, what is disbelief? Well, coming back to this. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchange the natural use of what is against nature. Where he says for this reason, he's saying that God's not random. Ezekiel 18, uh, 14, 23. I, everything I've done, I've done with a cause. We contrast this, uh, you know, going against God with, with ni- Psalm 91. There's a because there also. And for, for this reason of Romans one twenty six is a because. Psalm 91.14, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. That's what God wants. He wants a relationship. And he wants to bless those that have a relationship. And if having a relationship with God reaching out to save souls, gets you killed, you will be delivered. At death, you will be so welcomed, so enjoyed in heaven, that uh, you'll, it's totally worth it, ergo the word worship. God gave them up, it says here in verse 26. This is the second one. We'll get the third in verse 28. God's not going to hold people at gunpoint to, to accept him. He controls the boundaries of rejection, and he controls the boundaries of acceptance, repentance. He makes a way for man to come to him. And, uh, you know, if, if not, you, you are. Can a man take fire to his heart and not be burned to his bosom and not be burned? It goes to Proverbs, from the book of Proverbs. Uh, if you believe in magic, but if you believe, believe in reality, you're going to set yourself on fire. How many times uh, does God give a person a chance to come to him? A lifetime. He says here, for this reason God gave them up to vile passions, the supersized lust that I referred to earlier. Homosexuality is where he's going with this, and more. By the way, gender is permanent. The Bible does not care about what the world's value system is. The, the Bible doesn't say, oh, huh, the culture, you like that instead? Okay, let's change then. It's sort of like the, the bad guy that thinks the cops are just going to go away. You ever see that? It's like it's like they're going to just give up on the guy. No, they're not. If anything, they're going to call reinforcements. They, but you're going to jail. At least you're going to be arrested. And, and so I know people, do they really expect the Bible to say, okay, man, What can I edit on your behalf? We read earlier about the prophet Isaiah saying the people did not want to come under his authority. They did not want to be accountable to God. So people try taking out their hatred of God on the people who agree with God. You agree with God that homosexuality is a sin? Yep, and so is murdering and stealing and lying. There are a lot of other ones too. But because you're homocentric, uh, you can't see anything else. That's why you're now a militant. M- many of them are, it's certainly not all, but they're all, it's all a sin. He says here, Paul does, for even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Nature, not mother nature, but uh, the creation, uh, the vile passions. Verse 27, likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. How many churches do you think would never read that out loud today? This is clear as a bell. There's nothing in that verse that you would say, well, what does that mean? God's commentary on this particular sin the sin of homosexuality, and uh, they're not sponsoring, we're to, we're to love, of course, but they, you know they get to a point, the militant homosexuals, they don't care that you love them. They just want to force you to, to accept and celebrate what they do. But the reality is this, we're not going to sweep it under the rug and create a trip hazard for you to go to hell. We're going to be right, right up front. Genesis 19 is a whole section on this particular sin. Sodom and Gomorrah was not destroyed because they had a lot of scammers, telemarketing people or something. We know what the sin was. Then you get to Judges uh, 19 and 20, and not only do you find that sin out of control, but you find those who weren't committing that sin dying to allow the others to commit that sin. I might get to some of that in in... at the end of the message. So the likewise, here in verse 27, indicates, it connects it to verse 26. This is the subject, homosexuality. And uh, this is not a sickness, but a sin against God. Now, lost souls want Christians to disagree with God and classify this particular sin as a sickness. And they have some other sins. They've also added to the mix. Well, because of its ability to imprison people, there are similarities between uh, bondage to homosexuality and sickness, but it's still a sin. And a sin is far worse than any sickness could ever be. A sickness will not send you to hell. See, that's the difference. A sin can. Uh, So no, no one was in hell because I got sick and I ended up here that 's not going to be how it ever goes. Uh, it will be sin. You miss the mark that God set, and now you have no excuse if you have no uh, no savior. Well, Satan is always trying to downplay sin and he gets away with it that 's why we look at, live in this goofy society where you 've got college kids insisting you can 't define what a male and female is it 's so crazy. You have to say there's demonic activity there because no one, no one is that dumb without a devil. Uh, And and of course, the devil that they insist does not exist. They would like me to take them to task and I would like to take them too. But I'd like to take them to heaven. That's what I'm, I'm out for. And so those siding with such sins as homosexuality, what if if you have somebody, the the arguer, you know, Paul warned Titus, he said, watch out for those who just stir up strife and contentious and endless arguments. What does that look like? Well, here's, here's one. I've never come across this, but here's how it works, the mechanics of it. What if I said to you, the Bible teaches that serial killing is acceptable? And then you say, okay, where do you get that from? This is the twisting of the scripture. Well, Samson killed a thousand men at one time. Well, that ain't serial killing. That was war, number one. But that's the end of the conversation. Because nobody that dumb can, you can. But this is what you run into. People who are very, uh, you know, they're good at arguing. Uh, and, and being wrong doesn't matter. They feel that they dominate the conversation if you cannot instantly answer such examples as I just gave you. What if you couldn't answer them? What if you said, yeah, well, he did kill a lot of guys at one time, and it's a serial of deaths. I guess the Bible does. (laughs) I mean, of course it doesn't. What about the rest of the Bible anyway? Anyway, Sodom's citizens, the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have... Totally approved of renaming sodomy the gay life. But God is saying, look, it's not about, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. And if it hurts because you're against me, it's going to hurt a lot more after this life. And that's why I have my church, the pillar and ground of truth, to throw you the lifeline." That so many others before you and like you have taken and are saved and in heaven right now, as I'm speaking, there's an un, uh, just uh, uh, innumerable amount of people in heaven that were involved in every sin under the sun, but they're saved and now they're safe, and this is available to everyone who lives. He says, "In receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Sin is a killer. The wages of sin is death. The voice of God's common uh, condemnation cannot be silenced. You can't just say, oh, you know what, I'm going to kill all the Christians and stop all the Bibles. And then I'll be free from the condemnation of God. It ain't going to happen. Uh, once it's out there, it's out there forever. It's in their head and they know it. And it is unnecessary to play roulette with one soul. To somehow suppose that you're going to get lucky at death. That's going to work out. You're a success in this life. Well, clearly you're going to be a success in the next life, right? What do you base that on? And while you're going ahead and making up stories, let me make up some stories. Rather than that, I'd rather just tell you the truth. Hearing people say, I have a good idea. Let's pretend that what God has condemned is really something he enjoys. That is the voice of the devil in your head, if you behave that way or think that way. Verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. So here's the third time that God says, I'm giving up on this group. And we don't know when God does that, but we know he does do it. Therefore, the uh, severity of the entire matter is is heightened. There's a play on words in the Greek and remember the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language, and the play on words really is they gave up God so God gave them up uh, i I'd say that was fair. Christ is distasteful to those under the sway of Satan, but those who are under the power of the Holy Spirit, love everything about God. You know, I love the Word of God. It's just life that gives me a problem. But I love God's Word. And I know the Christians just love the Scriptures because it's the voice of God. In it is life. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and the faith that Paul is talking about in that Romans 10th chapter is Saving faith, the faith that saves me from the wrath of God. God gave them over to a debased mind. He doesn't, again, he's not going to take hostages. If you want to believe these things, he's going to allow it to run its course. It's just going to get worse for you. He allows people to choose their alliances. But the consequences, they cannot choose. That belongs to him. They're at war with God. Romans chapter 8, Paul will get to this. He says, because, is another because, right? The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. A mind <coughs> that is at war with God. Well, why would, what do you expect to gain from that? To, he continues to do those things which are not fitting. Well, basically, wickedness is the hatred for God's way. That's wickedness. It hates the God of the Bible. I find this is the only God, the God of the Bible is the only one that backs himself up in a sense of proof. Where's the proof for Islam? It's insistence. How about Mormonism? How about Jehovah's Witnesses? Charles Russell just comes along and says, do this. Too bad his name wasn't Simon. (laughs) That would really make for good preaching. And so it is with the other, Confucianism. I mean, all the others. What's the basis? Where did you get this from? Is there an unbroken witness that I can see? Do I have to just accept it? Or do you have facts? We talk about, look at the Chip... chip, uh, you know, the chip is here, the cashless society. John the Apostle called that from the Isle of Patmos 2,000 years ago. The time is coming. You can't buy and you can't sell unless you have this mark. It's going to be in your head or your hand. But that's what's coming. And here we are. You would think, you would think, an unbeliever would look at that and say, is there more? That, you would think that would serve as a, a, an alarm. And then dig and find out, huh, there's a whole lot more. I better change teams. I better repent. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers. Man, he is, this, is, this is the damage report that we started last week. Now we're saying, here's what has uglified earth. You know, people who think they're going to save the planet, that's pretty ambitious, is it not? (laughs) Here I am to save the day. Uh, It's just, and they glue themselves, you know, some of them have glued themselves to the streets so your cars can't. I mean, this is, you you will know them by their fruit. The fruits, (laughs) fruits and nuts. And they're not, they're no longer just in California. But anyway. He's going to list 23 trespasses. It's not an exhaustive list. Here's what he'll say when he writes the letter to the Hebrews. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He says, being filled. See, this is depravity. This is is not filled with the Holy Spirit. This is being filled by Satan, who saturates the mind with his ways. Depravity, thrives in environments without the Holy Spirit. It just grows, and we were seeing microcosms of this on the earth, little patches of the earth, Gaza right now, and the evil ones wanting to come out. You know, why are they locked into Gaza? Because they keep blowing up children on buses. That's one of the reasons why. But Satan wants to hide that. Edit that. Suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And that's why he loves so much mainstream media. The journalists and the editors are as vile as they can be. You know, 9-11 was avoidable if the news just told the truth about who these people are. But they suppressed it and lulled everybody into thinking, Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You just want to know how to fly a plane not land it? Sure. Um, the, all, the, all the warning signs were there. Anyway, I could go on about that one. Being filled, he says, with all unrighteousness. They're now unrestrained. You can't stop them. Sexually immoral. Well, today it's unprecedented. It's always been a problem. Uh, You know, men with harems, uh, molestation. Sex has always been a problem. But now it's supersized. Uh, Wickedness. That's just being destructive. Victims of wickedness should understand why God condemns sins. Their wickedness is always accompanied, is always the, the child of sin, covetedness. Now, the first nine commandments, thou shalt not have any false gods before me, thou shalt not steal murder. The first nine, they deal with the outside result. Uh, on the surface, because all of it goes into the heart. But the ninth commandment deals primarily with the hidden desires, covetedness. You don't have to tell anybody you're doing it. You can do that without ever being detected. However, it doesn't stop there. It, it, it moves into envy and then envy into bitterness and bitterness into hatred and hatred into action. No sin is harmless. Naboth, the story in 1 Kings 21, he lost his life because someone coveted his vineyard. And when they couldn't get his vineyard legally, They became bitter. They they coveted, they envied, they bittered, they were bitter, and then they conspired and they killed him. James says this, when desire has conceived, this is sinful desire, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Uh, This is why I love the Bible so much. It covers everything. Everything about man that I need to know is in here. He says, maliciousness. Is it okay to be mean to mean people? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, where do mean people come from? Why are some people just mean? They just do things to others for no reason than to cause the other one discomfort, pain, or suffering, or something. And there's all sorts of levels to go with that. What is? And there are Christians that are mean Christians. Sometimes you have to wait for them to leave the church to find out how mean they were, believe it or not. So are you serious? I, 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 man, this sin is some nasty stuff. For, you ever see when they talk about the snakes on the, the vipers? They say, this one bite can kill 50 men. Well, I don't dispute that. But sin can kill a lot more. Just a little bite. Well, full of envy. Not a little bit of envy. These guys are full of it. That flames out, as I mentioned, into bitterness. Lucifer, we know as the leader of Satan. Satan has a broader meaning; it does. It can be singled down to Lucifer himself, but it expands to all of his kingdom, the demons, and all the uh, just the monsters out of that he swayed under his authority in the spiritual realm. Lucifer coveted the throne of God; he envied it, and then he rioted and was kicked out. Murder. Uh, Why does this one even have to be on the list, right? Why do people have to be told that this is evil? To some, other people's lives don't matter. You're just an agent for them to enslave you. Whole kingdoms have behaved this way. They still are. There are kingdoms in existence. North Korea. Who would want to live there right now? Uh, Strife. These people are always a problem. They're quarrelsome. They're argumentative just because. Uh, deceit. Well, how about scammers? I mentioned them earlier. How about people that are calling you up and trying to get you out of your money? Evil-mindedness. A polluted mind without fresh a fresh water spring, morally speaking. Whispers. I like this one. Not. This one has to do with gossiping also. Uh, there's a scene in um, Oliver Twist. And sometimes, you know, the Hollywood captures—not well, Hollywood—but sometimes the entertainment world can capture a, a human fact just in passing. And there's a scene where the villain goes to the saloon where all the villains are. But as he's going there, you can see in the background he's this guy whispering to another guy. You know, it's nefarious. That's the idea that they're trying to. The director's giving you. And you you look at that and you say, if you've ever been in bad neighborhoods, you've seen that. And you can identify it when it's portrayed. I'm not saying go out and watch the show Oliver. I, don't think, I mean, if you want. But I, I'm just pointing out that people who are always up to something are always trying to whisper in somebody's ear to pull off what they're up to, oftentimes. Uh, but this goes also to the gossiper who has sprayed like a skunk his lies or her lies, making restoration difficult. So I want to talk about gossip just for a minute. Um, and this is not hearsay. <laughs> Especially true, for, this is mostly for you youth, because the older ones have been either victim of it enough, or, or you just know now it's no good. But those who gossip will gossip about you. If you think they're only tre- shoving dirt, hauling dirt your way about somebody else, they're doing it to, about you to someone else too. It's one of those sins that I would hope that they're struggling to resist. But don't enable the gossiper by let's say I don't want to hear that. If it can't help and it only hurts, why are you telling me? I don't need to know that. And incidentally, the gossiper does not want you to gossip about them. Gossippers are not careful about facts. They have juicy tidbits. Proverbs 18, 17. The first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes along, along and examines him. You know, you can gossip about somebody and get back to someone and they, they'll, they will administer knuckle Botox uh, and you'll have swollen lips because of a knuckle sandwich. One other thing. Ditch them. We don't have time. Proverbs 26.20 talks about if you take wood away, you won't have the fire. If you take the gossiper away, you won't have strife. To stop being a gossiper, if you hear the antidote that can really help, instead of talking about somebody's struggles behind their back, how about praying to God on their behalf? It's very difficult to vilify a person you're praying for. It's very difficult to be against the one who you're bringing up before God as an intercessor. Now, of course, a lot of things can be faked. It all comes down to integrity. But uh, if you have a problem with gossiping, try intercessory prayer and, and see if that helps you a lot. Verse thirty: Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Backbiters, there's the news media. They backbite because they live off their victims' blood. If they can't, uh, they make money by telling about your suffering, and they enjoy the taste of it. I believe. Haters of God. How does one hate the one whom they don't don't believe in? You come across people that say they're atheists and they're angry at God. <laughs> I thought you didn't believe in him. Why are you putting so much effort into proving he doesn't exist? Do you do that with fairies? You don't run around, you know, picketing Walt Disney and saying, hey, there's no fairies, cut it out. But, but you want to do it. Incidentally, separation of church and state does not mean keep the church out of society. It means keep the government out of the church. That's what that means. Uh, well, Deuteronomy thirty-two forty-one. for those of you who respect what God has to say. I will render vengeance to my enemies and repay those who hate me. I think that's pretty clear. Violent gangsters, proud. Self-exaltation turned the arch- turned the archangel Lucifer into Satan. That's the first recorded sin, is pride, self-serving pride. Not the pride of, you know, you, you, you made a real nice salad and it looks really good. Say, well, I'm real proud of that. That's not self-serving. Well, the salad might Even that, you have to prepare it. Salads don't (laughs) self-serve. So we wouldn't need knives in the kitchen if they did. Anyway, well, maybe, never mind. (laughs) Boasters. Now, boaster is someone that is self-centered. All about them. And if it's not, they're going to try to make it. Make it so. It's the news media. They're they're self-centered. It's all about them. Uh, It's not the story. It's them. The custodians of information. They're the nosiest people on the planet. Anyway, coming back, I know, there's some need for them. I like when they act like, you know, well, I'm with the press. Like, I need access. I wish they would come to my house with that. <laughs> Thick my goldfish on them. But anyway, uh, coming back to this. Uh, inventors of evil things. They, they have to have the evil. It's just got to be there. We, we just can't have any fun unless we're doing something that's evil. Proverbs 4.16 you know, the, he mapped out so much of human behavior in this book of Proverbs. Every Christian should have read it at least once, but not before the New Testament. Verse 16 of Proverbs 4. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. Well, Paul is God witnesses there. Let's continue this. Um, disobedient to parents. This one's likely for those still living In the home, this violates the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments to honor your mother and father. Because once you have your own home, you're not under the authority of your parents to do as they say. So if they say, hey, you need to get a red car. And you say, no, I'm going to get the blue one. You're not disobedient to your parents. Your parent is annoying you. That's what's going on. Anyway, verse 31. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Undiscerning, willfully aloof. Huh? What? Huh? People who don't use your turn signals? Listen, God's going to get you for that. Willfully aloof, anyway. Uh, And I would suggest cruise control. Use it. We're coming back to this. Well, not in the school zone. Well, yeah, anyway. Jude 19. Talk about undiscerning people. Jude talks about people who, he says, these are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. They're just all feelings, all feelings. They're not really paying attention to anything else. And they can cruise through life that way. They just can't necessarily cruise into heaven that way. Untrustworthy. This is worse than being unreliable. This is treacherous. You are a traitor. Somebody can be unreliable and just a pain, and you can take steps to head them off. But an untrustworthy person, now you have a different kind of a problem. Unloving. Well, I, I refer you to Cain, to King Saul, and to Jezebel, if you need a class on that. Unforgiving. Well, some cherish a grudge. They just love being angry at somebody. Unmerciful. Herod the Butcher who had the children murdered there in Bethlehem, is, is an ex- poster boy for that one. And such are the ingredients for the ugly planet. Verse 32, we're a little bit over time, uh, but it's daylight saving time. So, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Uh, well, I guess, you know, it's too bad if there was anybody who was watching online and I got to the homosexual part and they don't like it, they probably would have clicked me off. And they're missing this stuff. I hope that's not the case. But the thought just went in through my head. There are people that don't want to hear what God has to say unless God is supporting what they have decided is right. And this is a form of psychosis. This is insanity, spiritual insanity. And there, it's all over. I was once insane. I can't even tell you why I was so stupid. I was too stupid to tell you why I was so stupid. And God just reached down and grabbed me through, through the scripture. Anyway, here, verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God. So Paul is saying claiming ignorance only adds lying to your sin. Don't, don't play the dumb guy with God. It, it doesn't work. This whole section reads like a lab report on the cause of death. It's, you know, he says, well, what were the levels of toxicity? What was this? What was that? That's what Paul has been reading off. He let me read you the lab work. And it's awful. Some unbelievers. Some are unbelievers because churches, again, are suppressing the truth. They're skirting around the things that God has preserved to be preached. That those who practice such things. Now, there's a great difference between persistent sin and practicing sin. Persistent sin is one you just can't beat. Um, But practicing sin. That one you've opened a, a shop up. I guess the illustration I'm going to give you is this one. It's one thing to have a criminal in your house against your will. It's another one to have them there because you want them there. And so the practicing sin, yeah, here, you know, I'm going to make them comfortable, give them a room, feed them, take care of them, hide them. I'll do what I can to keep them safe. But the persistent sin is the one that I want this guy out of my house and I can't get him out. And Jesus gave a parable like that about the strong man coming along getting him out. He says, are worthy of death. Well, did, the, did people on this list, did they expect God to reward them? Is he, they're not going to hear, well done, faithful servant. Uh, you know, today's sex militants, and they're not just homosexuals. They, they are they are heterosexuals also, and asexuals. But they're militant on the subject of sex. Today's militant Sex advocates—they could teach Solomon Gomorrah a few lessons. I don't think just—it's it's, 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 got to be end times uh, anyway. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. These are the sin advocates that I mentioned earlier, evil's cheerleading system that applaud the evil. And we're watching this. They have protests in cities, and they walk around. And, and you know, instead of saying, "Hey, wait a minute," God is merciful. Because if he wasn't, the ground would open up right now and swallow me up. But God doesn't do that. He's giving them time to get his people in front of them. A world unashamed of evil. How about those who vote evil into office? Oh, let's see. uh, You're you're pro-homosexuality. You're uh, pro-killing the unborn. You're you're pro... And, you know, how about I vote for you? Paul said to Timothy, don't share in other people's sins. They're, They're flagrant. They are flaunted, ergo flagrant, perverted, and uh, they are they're going to be dealt with. I don't have time to go on to Judges 20, verses 13 and 14. There you read about those advocates of another person's sin. They were not listed as perpetrators in the crime that took place in Gibeah, but they went to their deaths defending it. They almost got wiped out completely, uh, the the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, Sin from weakness is bad, but sin from rebellion is catastrophic. All right, I'll close with this. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let's pray. Oh, we have communion. I have more time. Our Father, uh, we're just beginning this letter to the church that uh, worship there in that ancient city of Rome. Is so much more to come, and I, I, we who love you, Lord, we're just so grateful that you, you tell us the truth about sin. You tell us the truth about heaven. You tell us the truth about ourselves, and you tell us the truth about you. It is the desire of the believer to have this truth overcome the works of darkness in this world, because it it hurts people. It harms souls. And so, Lord, as we have been studying your word and as we will should you allow us uh, may you may you make converts through the people who serve you and love you and seek to be used by you if you've been listening and this morning you've hearing this list of charges against those outside of Christ maybe you want to be forgiven Maybe you want to come to Christ, that your sins could be washed away, the penalty for them. If you'd like to receive Christ in your heart, and instead of being filled with all unrighteousness, be filled with the Holy Spirit, then all you need to do is ask God into your life. And I'll give you an example, if you say this with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have violated your commandments. I ask you to forgive me. I come to you because no one else died for me to take my punishment. No one else is worthy to die for me and take my punishment. And no one else has risen from the grave to demonstrate the power over death and over sin, even on my behalf. I give my life to you right here and right now. Now, Father, if anyone has made this prayer this morning, may they not be ashamed of it.